This episode of Blueshirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. Go to Patreon.com. That's right. Patreon.com slash Blueshirts Breakaway to support this show. Get ad-free episodes. Get BSB OT access and much more Discord, all that good stuff. I'm live from Austin tonight calling in. I'm on a trip. I will be calling in post-game for all the fun and reactions to whatever has happened. And then we have Jeff Stein from the Washington Post to talk economics, NHL All-Star Weekend, and what we, what we watched, mostly what we didn't watch, and also the whole, whole entire New York Rangers season. Very fun episode. So without further ado, here's Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host recording live from Austin, Texas with my co-host Gregory Kaplan after we watched a Monday night 7.30 p.m. game go to overtime. Greg, say hello. This is bullshit. I was supposed to be on recording duties tonight. I was supposed to do the intro tonight. This is, this, this is a conspiracy. This is a fucking conspiracy. Well, I guess we're going to find out. Does yours say 0% upload? Uh, sure it does, no? yeah. Mine does too. That's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's probably not good. We should probably do a test oh. here and stop and see if it actually happens. Yeah. Oh, mine now went, it just says 99. Went... Anyway, let's just keep mine going. Just... Fucking Fuck roll. It. Fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah, let's Monday, roll. It. Monday night right. podcasting, baby. Uh, really late. Rangers yeah. went to overtime. Sure did. Uh, I think we could do 26 hours about this game. Where do you even want to start? Because. Lafreniere scores in overtime. Awesome. Philip Heels gets two goals. Awesome. Mika Zibanejad scores two goals. Awesome. Sammy Blay exists. Great. And then Jacob Truba kills a guy. So uh, where do you want to go first? Um, ah, boy, loaded question. I, I, just a fucking fun hockey game, right? Especially since they <laughs> so, won. I guess so we can start fun. there. <laughs> so, dude, okay. For, we didn't even mention the kick goal. Because as soon as... As soon as Calgary kicks that goal in, and by the way, they kicked it. I mean, I've seen kicking in my day. And that is uh, Magipi, I believe is how you say his name. Magic? He sounds like a Pokemon. Ma- Mangiapani. You're not even in the room, like in the fucking stratosphere with that. Yeah, one. I, was, I was so close. He's like Gyarados. Anyway, um, he kicked that puck in, like, just immediately. And the fact that they took so long to say, yeah, we thought it was a deflection. Mm, okay. I knew that Calgary was going to score another goal as soon as they counted that. It was... The lock of all locks. And then the Rangers just have a habit of going to overtime. They can't help themselves. They, can't, they really can't figure it out. Because Benajad finds that way, and it's just like... Overtime, Philip Heedle has an amazing chance to score. Adam Fox has a chance to score. Panarin has a chance to score. And Lafreniere makes um, was maybe the best player of his of this season for him to, to win the game. Dude, the vibes are immaculate right now. It just felt like a totally different game. I don't know if it's the fact that it's been what, 11 days since the last time the Rangers played a hockey game. So we may have just been jonesing for some Rangers hockey flat out. But it, this game, like, this game is essentially a Stefan Saturday Night Live skit. Like, it's got it everything. has everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> this game's got it all. Um, the, uh, I, I've been watching a lot of Deadwood lately, and there's a scene in, episode, in season three where one of the main characters gouges some guy's eye out. And I had this experience where I'm in an empty house watching this episode. And I just, like, am viscerally yelling, even though, again, this isn't, like, 
to get a reaction out of anybody else. It's just like you're so uncomfortable in the moment that I needed to emit a noise in order to release the tension that I was feeling in my body. Similar to how I felt when Jacob Truba destroyed Nazem Kadri, like on live television. Holy fucking shit. It... Do you know what the best part about it is? We don't have to have the debate. Like, super clean hit. Clean Both of Truba's hits what? tonight, super clean. Ome- Omega clean. Just like as clean as you can have it. And then, by the way, two instigator penalties. Two yeah. in the same game, Greg. Well, it's amazing that it's more surprising to me that the refs called both those instigator penalties correctly than they called the kick incorrectly. It's I... I can see I, – I hate to play that I can see both sides argument, but, Ryan, I can see both sides. Like, what is a kick? I hate that we now have to have this debate because we have the fucking debate about what a catch is in the NFL. He doesn't, like, wind up and punt the puck into the net. At the same time, he manipulates his skate in a way where he knows the only way he's going to be able to score the puck is by using his skate. And to me, that feels like – in the realm of de- realm and definition of a kick. Um, I-, I can say this. You're a Liverpool fan. I'm a Southampton fan. I haven't seen one <laughs> Southampton player kick a ball into the net quite like that all fucking year. I- so I won't talk about I won't talk about the 2023 Liverpool record right now because it's one. Point. <laughs> that, that's nice. I think that's one more point than Southampton has. So it's actually it's actually one less in case you're. Oh wondering. my goodness, we stink. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, this would have been a weird game where like. I don't know if you get – I know I get in this mode specifically because of the baseball team I root for, and I 100% understand this is where it comes from. But I'm sitting there when they're losing 4-3, to three, and all I'm thinking about is I can't even be angry at a single Ranger for this loss. This is just fucking annoying. This is going to be a fucking game where I'm going to have to get on a podcast and talk about goddamn moral victories. It's so goddamn annoying. They were much the better team tonight. There's no moral victories yeah. tonight. This team just rules. I was, like, I was, just, I was going rules. to be so upset if the Rangers lost that game because I hate being the guy that's like the refs fuck the Rangers. At the same time, it would be hard to pinpoint any other reason for why the Rangers lost that game than a referee incorrectly interpreting a rule in the rule book. Um, so yeah, because the other Flames goals, you know, they're legitimate. It's not a problem. Like a good team in some ways. Yeah, the Rangers can handle handle the business. But I I thought <laughs> for the majority of the night the Rangers were the better team, and like Halak made a lot of important saves when he needed to make a save, and then he was going like this game turned on its head because. Not because Halak didn't make a save, but because a player illegally put a puck in the back of the net. Like, that's just... Those type of losses are so fucking annoying. And then Mika Zibanej like, fuck that. Greg Kaplan said, I was his most important forward, and I'm going to show people why. And goes top shelf for his second goal. And then Lafreniere, it's like... Did anybody... I, we, we play this game a lot, but did anybody on the team need that goal more than Alexi Lafreniere? No, no, and the kid line, voice to men rather, has done wonders for Alexi Lafreniere. This was probably his best overall game as as a Ranger, just overall. Where it was, I, I know he like wasn't putting up the points and everything, but the confidence he's exuding, the confidence that whole line is exuding. What was that the stat that that was going around? Uh, Filipinos on a thirty-five goal pace over eighty-two games, sick. Great. Do you know how much, you know much power play time Heedle gets? Like fucking zero, Z- like zero. And Trocheck tonight was the one, had 
had a big fat nothing burger, giving the other, uh, giving the Flames a two minute penalty with 2:42 to go, and just to watch Philip Heedle take the two C role from him in year one of his contract is like, okay, here we are. Like, I know they, hey, Trocheck, I know we promised you were going to play with Panarin and do all these awesome things, but uh, here's Philip Heedle, and I think he's he's the future. And uh, you'll be here too, but you, uh, there's a backseat back there. Go enjoy that. It's so annoying, mostly because we spent weeks talking about how we felt the Rangers needed to get a security blanket in to in order to allow Phil Heedle to see if he could fly. And we were going to definitively answer that question this season, whether Heedle could be the guy or not. And instead, the Rangers were like, no security blanket. We're going out, and we're making sure we have a 2C no matter what. And then Phil Heedle was like, cool, I'm going to break out anyway. And that's going to be that. And now it's just like, God damn it. Now we have, I hate playing that we have the overpriced 3C card, but like Rangers might not be able to afford Phil Heedle, man. Like it, it, we're, I'm going to have to find a way. I am choosing to enjoy the ride right now, Ryan. I am not going to worry about things that might or might not happen this summer in February. I'm going to have my fun right now because the New York Rangers need Phil Heedle to be fucking Captain Insano for the rest of this year in order well, for them to the get the win. Voice the men line is their is their second best or best line right now. <laughs> I just I, it's not I, even I, close. Did you so I I mentioned this on one of our previous pods where like I I had this twinge of sadness when someone was like, It's a new career high for Phil Heedle, twenty eight points. And I was like, Ew. And then tonight <laughs> Sam goes, It's a new career high for Capo Caco in points with twenty four and I was like Bleh! Yeah, 24. I was like, like, oh, new career. Like, it's that moment where it's like, yay, new career high. And then they say the point total, and you're like, oh, my God. 24. (laughs) Yeah, because we watch the kids all the time. Like, I've seen Kapo Kako play hockey. He's way more than a 24-point player. I know. It just, like, I I literally, like, cringed when he said it. I was like, like, don't say the number. It's like admitting you lost your virginity at 28. It's just like, hey, you did it, but why did it take this long? I, 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 no, no shame if you're waiting for marriage or whatever. Sorry. No shame whatever. <laughs> heard. Uh, yeah, it's. I agree with you. Where it's like Kako. By the way, Kako just looks like a totally different player this year. I know we've mentioned him a bunch of times, but the confidence he has playing with Filipino, and you can see it just the whole kid line exuding this confidence, taking control of games over and over again. It's the. It's credit. Uh, I'm gonna do it. Sit, sit back, Gregory. Credit to Gallant. It's the best movies made all year is putting the kids back together. <laughs> yeah, but that also infers that on multiple occasions he's broken the kids up. They needed time to to, to grow. <laughs> Kaka was amazing on that first line. Actually, the real problem was that Lafreniere sucked everywhere else, and he was like, "I guess I'm just <laughs> I guess I'll just put him back, Filipino with Kaka, see if this works." Because I'm gonna get shit if he's not good. Uh, yeah. And the best been. best part of tonight's game is had the Rangers. Thank God the Rangers won. Because if the Rangers didn't win, we'd be talking 15 minutes about how Sammy Blaze fucking back in this lineup and everything's oh, miserable God. again. I don't want to do it today. We'll do it on yeah, We'll do it another time. Rangers won 5-4 in a really exciting hockey game. Yeah, one of the funnest games of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it's just awesome. And and it's games like this where the garden really comes alive, too. Like the true... We talk about Truba. By the way, how have we never called him the cap hit? That's on us. <laughs> That's odd. I mean, it's February 6th. We should, we should have had that as soon as he was captain. 
But as soon as he lays that that hit, MSG goes absolutely bonkers, and for the most part doesn't stop being so raucous. Even I mean, even when they were down four or three, there was a quiet spell for a minute or two with a little shell shock. But for the rest of the part, Garden was awesome tonight. Yeah. It's kind of been that way it's this all of twenty twenty three so far. I mean, Truba the the Garden got excited on the first Truba hit, but it's it's something about how like Kadri it looks like his head flies off his body on the second hit, and then. Sam's double oh like Sam sounded <laughs> Sam sounded oh, like he hit. came to completion and I gotta tell you like every now and then Gary Cohen yeah. very rarely breaks out the double out of here when a Met hits like a big walk-off home run it's very rare and when it happens you have to appreciate it and this is one of those Sam Rosen calls where like we're not gonna get a ton of them like this so you have to appreciate it when it happens I literally put it on the level of Mika's five goal game call, the Sam Rosen call for the Truba hit. And it the Truba hit was so good that it completely overshadowed arguably the most beautiful top power play one goal of the year. Like that The no look Chris Kreider passed at Mika's Zabitajad is pure fit. Right, that might pure have been fit. the goal of the year for the Rangers, and I didn't care a single <laughs> fuck about it because I was still watching Truba highlights. Listen, that's why he's the captain. I mean, I've come full circle. It has to be him now at this point. I mean, he threw the helmet. I joked about it at the time, but joke's on me. It fucking works. Um, and tonight, I also uh, tonight's been totally different. Uh, without without naming names, I'll say um, after the first Truba hit, I had a tweet that said something like, uh, "Pittsburgh media just felt a disturbance in the force," and one of our friends on the Rangers beat DM'd me and was like. This is the this is the greatest thing I've seen tonight. And I was like, thank you. That's all I needed. Tell, tell Colin I appreciate it. Wasn't it wasn't Colin. Colin would have done it on the timeline. I don't know if Colin knows how to DM. Colin 1000% think... would have done it on the timeline. Do you know they took the DM button away? What? That was silly, wasn't it? Yeah, it's not there Twi- anymore. Twitter's, got... Twitter's, Twitter's a cesspool, man, but I love it. It is so weird. So strange. So Colin wouldn't know. Okay. <laughs> well, tell Larry I was excited to reach out to you. Larry... <laughs> Rick, Rick would have called me and would have been like, Greg, good tweet, and then just hang up the phone. Wouldn't have even given me a chance to respond to it. I remember one time, um, Rick, like, he just, like, wasn't responding to anything on Twitter, and I, I don't know what was going on. So I sent him a text asking if he was all right, and, like, three weeks later, he said, I'm good. He was just golfing or something. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, man. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, I, God. Phil Heedle. I, I honestly... Where do we, where do we even start with him? Because... He should first of all. I know we're. I don't want to do the full power play rant. He should be in Trocheck's spot. It's not a question right now. It's like how do you debate it? The meritocracy is not real if that's the case. I understand how fiercely loyal Gallant is to Trocheck, and I'm not shitting on Trocheck. He hasn't fit in the way he's supposed to. I know, but he's, he's, Ryan, he's at, at the same player. time, I, I got to be honest. There's something I like about just being like, why don't I just keep the kids together and figure out if Miller and some other guy can make a power play unit with with the boys to men line? Like I I I, I don't hate the idea in principle it's just like but to your point like trocek is kind of just this nobody on the on the top unit and it's boy ryan i gotta be honest with you it's almost like the rangers are short a dynamic forward that they could have in this top six or middle six role that i don't know has scoring upside and has played in these situations in maybe i don't know russia <laughs> who's that <laughs> <laughs> Who's well, that? Just, I, Future I, trade, we, trade asset? Yeah, this is this, this is a gripe I've had before where like 
It's not that I, I demand the Rangers play Vitaly Kravtsov on the top line oh, to start the night. Oh, I thought you were talking night. about Buchnevich. Okay, sorry. Oh, right, my right, right. My bad, my bad. <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes. But it's not like I'm, I'm demanding the Rangers to start the game with Kravtsov on their top line. It's just like through the course of the game, why wouldn't you want to have a potentially dynamic winger chilling in your bottom six that you could freely move up your lineup if you see fit? Like that, that to me is my biggest complaint. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to start – him on the top line every night it's just like boy it'd be nice to have the option i think we've um come to the conclusion that gerard glant is the person who dislikes vitaly no. Kravtsov. but i but i'll be honest I, I'm, I'm actually more upset for julian gauthier than i am for Kravtsov. mostly because sammy blay knocked him out of the game <laughs> by hitting him into the jaw and then a couple at that dallas game a few weeks ago and then now all of a sudden, Sammy Blay scores four goals in Hartford and gets a chance back up here to play uh, over Julian Goche, who, by the way, has created a lot of offense for this team. So I know Kravtsov's been, he's had a little bit of a rough year in terms of being able to get consistent playing time and also showing consistency when he's on the ice when he gets the opportunity, which is rare. But Julian Goche has produced, and Sammy Blay has not, and we're still choosing hey, to play hey, Sammy Blay. If over. I had a water bottle, I could squirt you right now, I would. We said we weren't going to do this tonight. We're Sorry. happy. Sorry. We're happy. Sorry. We are happy. Um, we are happy. God. I just. We got, there's always next week to bitch. Uh, man. I, I do want to talk a little bit about Halak because I do think he deserves some flowers after this game. I know the first goal he let in was kind of like a junk goal that Blake Coleman bounced around and Halak didn't know where the puck was. But the only reason the Rangers started this game and left the first period tied 1-1 was because of Yaro Halak. And he's turned his season around completely. I the, the Halak we've seen that's on this nice little win streak, I, I wasn't thinking he was going to win every game he ever started as a backup goalie. But this version of Yaro Halak was the guy I thought the Rangers were signing and the backup goalie I've had the most confidence in in my entire life as a Ranger fan, I think. Yeah, it, it, I, how could you not? It, it's... This streak he's on, and I mean, his agent was the first person to tell you about this streak that he's on, but it, it is, he, he's one of the best and hottest goalies in the NHL right now. It's kind of why, like, I'm not the most upset that he started the game before the All-Star and after. Like, I get, like, what did Igor really do in in, in All-Star? Like, uh, just reason, uh, give me another reason to fucking hate the All-Star game, though. Like, it. this is completely different from when a pitcher goes to an All-Star game because... A pitcher doesn't miss a start if he throws two innings in an all-star game. It just means instead of getting that first game back from break, he'll get the fourth game back from break, but he's still going to make his 33 starts. His season isn't interrupted. With goalies, it's like, this was an important fucking game, and it was at MSG, and I, we don't have Igor Shosturkin because he's the one guy that fucking traveled and couldn't play because of the All-Star game, I fucking, I just despise. We said we wouldn't do it tonight. We said we wouldn't no, do we it No, we said we wouldn't have criticized the Rangers. I'm not criticizing the Rangers. We didn't say anything about me criticizing the NHL. This is, <laughs> okay. it just, what's the point? What, who, who's this for? Why don't we just announce a team at the end of the year, call them All-Stars, and go about our merry way? Like, fuck it. Like, we don't need a week off in this stupid fucking game. Nobody watched. Nobody cared. I haven't seen I one positive that... thing come out of this All-Star weekend. It's all people bitching and moaning, and here I am bitching and moaning. I don't know. I don't mind that the players get a week off to go spend time with their friends' family vacation in the middle of the no. season. No, I, I fuck that. that. 
These guys I'm, need to entertain me on a nightly basis. <laughs> I'm so cool with having the week off. Trust me. I'm cool. They get summers off, uh, Ryan. We don't. All right? That's true. That's true. It, 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 hockey's a 24-7 game. It's never <laughs> off. Okay? It's never off. Uh, I mean, look. Game was awesome. Mika's been a jad. Continues his strange yet awesome season where he just comes up clutch over and over and over again. I still can't. I still can't believe we've had in the past like conversations. Is, is Mika Zibanejad really a one C? Because I have to be honest. After watching Bo Horvat get that contract, Mika Zibanejad's contract looks fire. <laughs> it looks really good compared to Bo Horvat. Oh, um, poor Lou. And that's not Bo's fault. Poor, poor Lou. Immediately, Lou signed the contract. And was like, it's too long and too expensive. I hate it. It's like, all right, why'd you offer it? Yeah, I mean, I can't let Phil Fiedel see that contract. It's just like, hey, don't look over here. I, jo- I joke tonight. I joke tonight that he's gonna make. He's got the potential to make Tommy Fan money. And then as soon as I hit send on the tweet, I I literally sat there and was like, no, nah, he's not gonna get six million. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's how that's how stupid the NHL is. Phil Heedle will not make as much as the fourth outfielder on the New York Mets. I don't think so. Uh, I, I, I'd be shocked if he made six million. I think he'll make a like four point five. Jeff McNeil's making six twenty six point two five this year, and Phil Heedle never fucking see that. I think Phil Heedle gets like a three year deal, maybe, maybe. You think you think he Would goes he the Lindgren route? I don't know, man. Yeah, because I think he's going to wait for the cap to explode or hope. I mean, if I was his agent, that's what I would. say. I mean, if I was like, his hey, agent, I would just play the one year contract game. I wouldn't even want any multi year. Give me one year, three and a half million, and we'll talk again later. I hate all this. I hate all of it. I hate it all. Um, Adam Fox didn't score. That's kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, he had the chance. Well, so I I had this moment of realization where, like, I was sitting around. I was like, man, kind of disappointed with Artemi Panarin tonight. And then I look, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's got two points. Huh. (laughs) The guy's got 40 assists on the year. And I'm sitting here being like, God, I really need more from Artemi Panarin. And he's the fastest to, like, what was it? Fastest to 300 points in Ranger history. In 233 games? Something like that, yeah. Something like that? You beat beat Messier, I believe. Messier, pretty good. He's the quietest point producer I've ever seen. He just goes out there, and and I can understand why old heads are like, I I don't like this guy. He produces every single game. He's just always making shit happen. And even when when he's restricted by some systems that Gallant has or... Or is telling is telling him to back check, do whatever. His passing just sets up perfect goals and scoring opportunities all the goddamn time. He's he's somehow, and I can't believe I'm telling you this, underrated. I know he's paid very well. I get that, but he's he's the best free agent signing I think in Rangers history. Uh, I don't think it's very close. It's not. It's not close. Um, any other takeaways from this game tonight? Um, no. <laughs> uh, boy, boys to men's great. Uh, Mika Zibanejad's great. I still wish, I still wish there was someone not named Jimmy VC playing on that top line. But honestly, this has been good with them. Yeah, and honestly, as long as Boys to Men is cooking, like I don't care about who's playing next. I but that's a that's a tenuous game you play, right? Because all it takes is how, how long can we honestly expect the kids to be able to keep doing this? I know it's. Great that they're hot now, but that's one of the risks you play with giving young children more ro- bigger roles and higher expectations. Because at some point, if it dries up, you don't really have a lot of things to lean back on. So it's like you're in that position where it's fine that Jimmy VC and even Barclay Goodrow are playing these 
maybe elevated roles you're not that comfortable with because role player, quote unquote, role players like the kids are stepping up. But if they take a step back, yikes. Let's go to, uh, before we end, uh, before we go to our interview, rather, let's go to a quick five-star questions section here. Right. If you would like to uh, leave a five-star question, you can go to our Patreon. You can go join the Discord, leave it in the channel, and we'll read it on the show. It's from Brettley. Of all the trade deadlines that have come and gone, is there a particular move the Rangers didn't make that you look back on and think, man, what could have been? I always get brought back to not trading for Vermette uh, in 2014. Vermette? Did I fuck that up? I can't read. Vermette. Antoine okay. Vermette. Yes. Um, don't have one with the Rangers, honestly. I Can you remember an off, a, a trade deadline where the Rangers didn't get their guy? They usually get their guys, and I, I'll i be honest, the one I – it's the opposite, Brett, which is crazy. I, I'm still on – like, I can't believe they didn't trade Keith Yandel when they had – Right, more yeah. That, uh, Brian, great call because that's exactly where my, my, my mind went to. It's not a guy the Rangers didn't bring in. It's a guy the Rangers didn't send out. Um, like with – I'll say it with the Mets, the clearest one for me is them not trading for Levon Hernandez in 2006. But for the Rangers, the only one that came to mind was not trading Keith Yandel when it was clear the Rangers just were going to get boat raced if they made the playoffs. And they did. And they did. Yeah. Like, and they did. The, only move, the only move that haunts me for the Rangers truly is them drafting Dylan McElrath over Kemp Fowler. Like, that's it. A- a- everything else, I'm. I'm honestly good. There isn't a move that I can remember the Rangers either not pulling the trigger on or not doing that haunts me. The Eric Stahl trade they shouldn't have made because it didn't do anything. Uh, didn't make sense. And then the, the yeah, the Yandel trade to me, like, it was clear as day they should have moved on and they didn't. And it bit them in the ass. Uh, this is from Slurps. It's not really a question. Brady Schneider is the hockey version of Timothy Charlemagne. Okay. I don't get it. Um, this, is from, this is from Tron. It's probably the jawline. I get it. I get it. I guess. Um, I mean, is, is Braden Sh- No, but Braden Schneider isn't a big high prospect that I think is underperforming, and that's what I think Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet is. Wow. Dude sucks, Ryan. I'm sorry. A lot of people like him. Well, that's cool. A lot of people um, are wrong. And it didn't seem miracle either. Tron. This is from Tron. If you were Chris Jury, what would your exact trades be you make at the trade deadline? I'd acquire Tyler Mott. Dmitry Kulikov, and sorry guys, Patrick Kane, the last guy I'd acquire uh, if the price was super low. Kane wants to be a Ranger. Like, Don't think that Kane doesn't want to be a Ranger. He wants to play with Panarin. Panarin wants to play with him. They're good friends. And that's probably part of but it. But I, I also, the... I'm, I'm starting to buy the theory that Kane doesn't want to put himself on a bigger stage, underperform because he's hurt, and then not get a big contract this summer. Yeah, and the, the the open secret that apparently he might need surgery is uh, something I think the Rangers are going to be aware of. Mm-hmm. If if they were able to train like a fourth round pick for Kane, like would they do it? Yeah, no shit. Like well, every team would. That's just how that works. But they're they're not going to give up serious assets for Kane. No, and uh, I honestly I don't think this is the year the Rangers even need to make a like bottom six forward move. I think they have enough bottom six forwards, especially like. Simply putting Gauthier in and taking Blay out is good for me. And simply, they have centers that I trust to play over Lachizan if they so choose. So I don't need to go out and get a bottom I six still guy. still haven't seen that guy play hockey. Is he good? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He, he was like the one fourth liner who didn't get into a fight tonight because I don't know. I think the Flames couldn't find him. Um, I haven't seen him. I'm, I'm talking myself into Nico Mikola a little bit for left-handed defense. 
uh, from the Blues. And then, like, I haven't found the right winger. I get everyone's all hot and horny for Timo Meyer. I just, I just think it's going to – I just – I can't make it make sense in my head. We talked about this with Jeff Stein coming up in a bit, so I won't yeah, step there's, on it there's there. Yeah, there's going to be a Vitrano, a guy you've never heard – like, never thought of in your yeah, life. Yeah, they're going to they're go out and get a trigger man. I just don't know who it is yet. It's from Batchild. The ranking the Rangers BSBOT episode, which you can find on Patreon when you want to support the show and actually love the guys that you listen to every week because they're special and fantastic at what this they do. This is a great question. Rangers. Which of your <laughs> which of your bottom five ranks? Uh, I I ad lib some of that in case you're wondering. No, that was verbatim. Which, you're, you you can't think of anything like that off the top of your head. Which of your bottom five rank players could you see being valuable in any trade talks of the deadline? Can I be? Can I have a hot one on this one? I could see them getting like something for. For Lieber Hayek, like something. You're I don't know nuts. why. You're, 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 you're just you're, you are like Florence Nightingale syndrome with Lieber Hayek. No, I just think Drury. Like he's like, look, it's a used car, but it still drives. He's, he's just slapping <laughs> the hood of that car, being like, this baby. Um, did we this have Kraft, Did we have Kravtsov in our bottom five? Because it would be him. We. Uh, it's, it wouldn't. I don't think he hit the bottom five. I think he was nineteen. Yeah, that's bottom five. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, it might be. I don't know. I don't have the list, or I do have the list. Let me check. I have mine. I would. I would say. I mean, Kravtsov is the only guy that should have value. Like, do I expect them to get anything for Sammy Blay? No. We did have Kravtsov at uh, in in the bottom five. There you go. So well, then we got lucky on that one. It's just like, no, I, I don't. I don't expect the Rangers to get more than a fifth round pick for Sammy Blay, and even then, I think they're eating fifty percent of the salary. Next question is from Jay White. Uh, 18011. I feel like the All-Star Games are the worst part of the season. How would you improve it and can it even be fixed? Sure. Uh, not have simple it. for you. It, I wouldn't have it, but if I did have to have it, I would have 3v3 overtime hockey with only goalies and full hockey gear. <laughs> full goalie gear. Now that I'd watch. Yeah, I, I, just, I just wouldn't <laughs> fucking have it. Like, is there an All-Star game that you are excited to watch? The only one I used to get excited to watch was baseball and now I'm kind of over yeah, it. Yeah. I'll watch the Home Run Derby. I watch the Home Run Derby and like I... I don't watch the dunk contest anymore, but I still watch the three-point contest with basketball. But I don't, like, it's, guys don't want to try, and it's just, like, the point, the purpose of the All-Star game, again, was back when, you know, there were seven channels on your television, sports weren't on every day, and you definitely, if you lived in New York, you couldn't see guys in St. Louis or San Francisco playing sports every day. So once a year... The league got all these players together, put them on TV for you to see, so you knew that Stan Musial existed. But, like, I can watch any hockey game I want to right now. And I could watch yesterday's games right now. I can see every star that I want to see on a nightly basis. The purpose of an all-star game does not need to exist anymore. It's done. And it's, it's not even like seeing players play with different players i have the olympics and all these different tournaments to see these guys playing together i don't need this shit where this exhibition that means nothing and all it does is going to fuck up my favorite team's schedule in the most important part of the season fucking things up i don't need it get rid of it i'm good i i kind of think of all-star games and and these events like this is can it be a gif like can i watch this and get the entire action of what has happened in a gif so i can kind of do that in a dunk contest but i can't do that in a home run derby 
Like, I, I, I need to tune in for, like, the drama of, like, how far they're hitting the balls and who can hit the most. Whereas in, in the NHL, there's just no version of that. It's not there. Um, two more questions. This is from TSE1231. I think we are mostly no thanks on Kane to NYR, but hypothetically, what's your highest quote-unquote booch price? One where if you're a drawer, you just have to say, I have to think I make this trade. I have no other choice. Like a conditional third? Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Like, I think it's even a second. I'm kind of like, eh. If it's like a conditional third where it becomes a second if the Rangers make the Stanley Cup, then I'd be I'll like, all right, it. I fucking don't want this guy. But if you're and it's fifty percent retained, like if you're gonna give him to me for essentially free, I can't say no. I can't say no to Patrick Kane with Panarin, who a player he wants to play with and clearly want to get together. And and honestly, I think Kane would replace Trocheck on power play one. So yeah, I. Yeah, if it's free, like, I, and you got to be realistic about it too, because there's no scenario where like the Blackhawks aren't taking a fifth back for him. So I, a Kane says he only wants to go to one team, and the team doesn't want to get fucked. Deal. Yeah, if the Rangers get him for a straight up conditional third, I can't sit here and tell you it's bad business, even if I think he's a deplorable human being. Uh, the final question is from David: Does Truba heal faster when he hits and punches people? <laughs> I do think it's partially like stealing another person's life force a little bit. He like I do think he has some dementor qualities. He uh he's he's the cap hit for a reason. All right, let's get to our um our dear friend Jeff Stein from the Washington Post. We have a nice 40-minute interview with him about economics and some other stuff with the Rangers. We recorded this before the po- the game, surprise. And let's uh let's take a quick word from our sponsors. And then we will get to Jeff. So transition. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get on Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 and 9 p.m. Eastern, or that's do the math for Pacific, to see what prop bet will be boosted. I personally, you guys know, I love all of the prop bets. And if you want to hear what prop bets I'm betting this year, check out Gambling with Greg coming to you Thursday night. I'll have everything you need to know straight from our DraftKings Sportsbook app. So here's what you guys do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code BLUESHIRTS and new customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbooks with code BLUESHIRTS. That's me! Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. This podcast is also brought to you by our official ticket sponsor of BlueShirts Breakaway, TickPick. TickPick's been our friends for a long time. You probably know that we mention and recommend them, even when they're not our official sponsor. How nice of us. Don't say so myself, but they are now. And, by the way, the best part about TickPick, no fees. The price is what you see. You go to the website, you get the best value, you can check the ratings of the deals. It's like, okay, this Ranger game, this seat's an A-plus value. Probably this is a good deal. And then you go to check out, the price doesn't change. Like other ticket websites where you go to check out and the prices increase substantially. I won't name any names, but you know who they are. You know who you are out there, ticket websites. 
So if you use promo code BLUESHIRTS, it's good for $15 off any first-time purchase in the app. Seriously, go use TickPick and DM me if you don't like it. I love customer feedback. I'll tell our partners directly. But I'm telling you, you're going to get the best prices. You're going to get the fee you're going to pay up front. Nothing's going to change. There's no fees. I've used TickPick forever. I love it. We love it. We have friends over there. They're good to us. They can be great ticket prices. So use them to go to the Ranger Games or any other event you're looking to check out. All right, here we go. Back to the show. Hey, we're back with our first guest of the day, recording on a Sunday afternoon, All-Star Weekend, and we have our dear friend, probably a long time coming, Jeff Stein of the Washington Post. Uh, we've had many Washington Post reporters on here, but Jeff, I mean, you're finally made it. How how you feeling? You know, I was thinking before before this podcast, and you know, I've been on CNN and MSNBC and <laughs> major cable networks. This is right up there for me with being on the Scaramucci podcast. Like, uh, wow, not like one and two. I'm not sure which one's one, which one's two. But Mo- Mooch has to win over us. Um, not to you know, not to give him too much credit, but that is uh, that's quite the accomplishment. But I guess we'll he, get he right. Was, like, trying to sell me some crypto after the show. So. D- yeah, hold on, uh, Ripple, bro. I mean, come on, dude. XRP, it's going right up. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Did you, I guess I'll start with the most obvious question. I watched zero seconds of All-Star Weekend. What did you do? I also watched zero seconds. I mean, like this is not a novel point, but it just like makes no sense. Like We can all see the players all the time. So the original function of the All-Star game just seems to have no you know, actual cachet anymore. Well, no. I'll go, I'll go one step further because I, like, I think in my head, I knew the Rangers had been off for a week because... Somehow it involved the all-star break, but I had no idea what time the skills competition was. And I had no idea what time the actual game was until the skills competition was starting. And I was in a movie theater watching plane. How was plane? Was that an experience? Not great, (laughs) but I think, I think somehow more enjoyable than the skills competition. Oh oh my God. So I I thought it was clearly Igor shooting the uh, surfboards. I mean, that, they, that's what they need more of, just like wacky, random. I don't, I don't know. It just seems more like a novelty act. And even I more. want goalie five on five. Like that's, Yeah, I want goalie five on five and goalie fights where it's like goalies are in their full gear playing wing and center. And we just <laughs> see what, like, let me watch. Let me watch something I would never watch otherwise. Igor, obviously, um, is probably the highlight of the weekend. But I didn't even see a lot of gifts of that. I thought it would be like gift central. Like I could not avoid it, but I had to go looking. It's like, okay, cool. Um, let's talk about the season a little bit and what it, what it has been. Our feelings on it, as you probably know, is that this season's been nice and all good, but the good feelings just haven't been there overall. Gerard Gallant almost got fired and then saved his job when he spitefully moved because of Vinajad with Capococco and Lafreniere. And then the Rangers rattled off, I think, like 14 out of 18 wins or something like that. All, all wins, um, not well-deserved and well-earned, but, but there. Last year was a feel-good year. Where are you this year? I think we got a little spoiled by last year, and we should be pretty happy. I mean, just quick shout out to my um, my Rangers group chat homies, uh, <laughs> Galant, Galant sucks uh, group chat. Um, love you guys, but uh, happily named. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like you know it's a great team. Like we're living through through the um, the golden era. You know, mm-hmm. like we'll, we will look back in these years and be like, that was a fun team. I mean, and since you guys have been fan fans, like what other teams have been this much, like just this much skill and this much? You know, never, it's never been this way. Like, it, it's just frustrating it's because just so many different levels of like fun to enjoy. You know, like every night you can see like Panarin do something crazy or the kids break out. There's just all these different things to get excited about that I feel like is pretty 
I mean, compared when we were growing up, I don't know how old you guys are, but it was just they would, you know, get the like 35 year old bruiser who had like well past his prime. And that was like the one thing you get excited about for like, what, like 10 years we dealt with that. Yes. For many, many years. And then obviously the Lundquist era was like, this is fun, but where are the skaters? Who's <laughs> like, other than Rick Nash, like who's the skill? Like, ah, what? like, do we have top end people? And now we have like four top end guys plus top end prospects. And it's still, there are times where I'm like, I think this team is really good. And yet it's still not fun to win these games. I, I, I'm I'm with you where it's like I will look back on this in the future and be like, I cannot believe we had the number overall one number one overall pick, number two overall pick, the best goal in the league, the Norris winning defenseman, a top two left winger, <laughs> a top center, and yeah, I still complain. Like I can't assemble a better team in the like NHL video game. And I assume that's just like my deficiencies as a general manager. But <laughs> the Avalanche were pretty much they were pretty much there last year. Um but <laughs> I, when you look at like talented on roster paper or sorry, on paper rosters it's the Rangers can compete with anybody. And then it's like, when they get into the games, the problem with this team is they don't really ever like just dominate a game with the exception of like very few, I think three or four games this year, like Las Vegas game, a couple other games. They just put, put away really quickly. Uh, but for the most part, they're just like kind of hang around and, you know, Rangers it through a game. It's like, they struggle, they'll find a way to score late. They go to overtime and they make it happen. And I think that's why people expected this team to be dominant and they're just not. I'm curious where you guys are, but I am like all in on the team of Meyer hype train. Just like slot him right, right up on that right wing with Cryer, uh, Zabenjad. We haven't like fully gone into Perfect. it. Um, I think I'm in. Here's the problem. So Drury and, and uh, the GM of of San Jose are boys. That's great news. So they, they they clearly text, even though there is a GM email chain, so they could text there if they wanted as well. Uh, I think I'd go all in because the whole point of like why you signed Trocheck this year was you had this like two three year window. And getting a Timo Meyer is great. What does Timo Meyer cost? Is it two first next year? Is it a first? I think it's two first, and we have to take David Quinn back. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Quinn goes back. Like if it costs like a first, one of the first we got, probably ours. Like Zach Jones, and it's likely Kraftsoff. Are you doing that for a rental year? It's like I, you're not going to resign him unless you could send Barkley Goodrow going the other way as well. And even then, like they buy out Goodrow, doesn't they, work on that. They can, but it doesn't really like. Signing, no signing team on Meyer like means Heedle is gone. Like, see ya. Like that's that's out the window. Is that so, the case even if the cap goes up like four or five million? Are we, still, you're the economist. Are we confident <laughs> the cap is going up? Like, I, th- this is, you you tell us on this one, buddy. I, I've, yeah, so I I've seen your work. Is, all right, so inflation is up seventeen percent. Perfect. Two thousand nineteen. So Batman told me there was no tanking problem, so I'm 2%. supposed to believe him as well. <laughs> that the cap is going up. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, there's no tanking problem. So we gotta get the White House involved in this. And drone like, strikes like, on Gary Bettman's house. Well, we got like we baseball? got the, we got the balloon down, so now we have <laughs> we have this down. just everything's wide open. I think Biden's free for a couple weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, come on. Get on this. I just got to figure this out. I think, hold on, on, Jeff. Greg. You brought I something. Write, to... I would write puff pieces about the administration every day of the week. <laughs> you brought <laughs> you brought something up that I, I can't allow it to go one more second without finding out. I need names on who is in the Ranger group uh, text here. Are we talking? Oh, yeah. Are we um, talking Washington dignitaries or are these just friends yeah, from it's home? A, it's a few senators. And, um, <laughs> like like Chuck, Chuck Schumer is just texting you on the weekends being like, God damn it. What is fucking Schneider doing out there? Uh, it's my um, 
two closest friends who I grew up watching the Rangers with, um, and uh, my dad. And the dad's in there. That's nice. Dad, yeah, he's he's like he's got the best takes for sure. Dad Just, takes like, are unbeatable. Most insightful. Yeah, you unbeatable. guys should be having him on the pod. Honestly. It's like, hey, that guy didn't win a face-off. I think he's garbage. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he loves you guys. He's all into the oh, analytics. He listens to, I think, this show and. Um, yeah, probably Vince. Know, at some point, he's listened to the Joe Fortunato show too. Oh, uh, Joe, Joe's been and, retired for like two years now. So I know, I know. R.I.P. I know. I Shout out to Adam Joe. Herman, best best writer in the in the in Bleacher the Report. Yeah, in the uh, universe. Twitter space. Well, uh, honestly, I don't know who he's competing against now. All right, let's all right, let's play a great game. Name a second Rangers writer. I've just offended like six people. Um, um Molly, it's great. Molly's and, a beat writer though. It's totally like, yeah, yeah. You know, the bloggers, yeah, yeah, like bloggers. It's like Herman, okay. Herman and um, all right. <laughs> I would just say, you know, growing up, my dad and I would listen to WFAN all the time. You know, yep, and um. You know, I think you guys are like the Steve Summers and you know, oh, like, my heart. Yeah. That's the like, nicest the thing, thing anyone's about, ever said. About that is like you would have to listen for like an hour. You know, you would get like five minutes of Rangers commentary and then like have to listen to like the PGA Tour and like a bunch of teams I didn't care about. And then they that, would cover like Steelers like, Ravens before they covered yeah, the Rangers. Exactly. It was yeah, like, ste- like- big, it's a big week eight matchup this weekend. Steelers Ravens is like, I don't know. Rangers Islanders. Is tonight. you want to talk about that? Like, no, no, it's amazing. <laughs> now you just get like the pure uncut stuff, like mainline. Yeah. You know? right. Now you just have to listen to seven minutes of Rangers and then you get your 55 minutes of Mets. Right. It's everything you've ever wanted. Exactly. I mean, that is perfect for me as a Mets guy. So <laughs> we do have it. a weird hybrid fan base. So strange. I wonder why that is, Gregory. Um, would you trade? I guess I'll go right into it. Would you trade, like, Jones crafts off in a first for Timo Meyer right now, like, one shot at it? That seems like an easy... I'm, like, 100% in on that. Like, it wow. just, that really just need... doesn't feel like enough, though. I, like, yeah, it... That might not be enough. Like, that trade seems worth doing. So, I, like, even with no extension whatsoever, it's just, just like, Ooh. you get one run. Kind of yeah, like the Rick Nash. Howard's answer is like the cap will go up. I'll figure it out. But I think they should trade Lindgren and resign. Whoa! That's where, that's where my, my bold take is. K- k- I, this is the game I played. Uh, I went on another show on Friday and I, and I asked the host. I said, how old is Ryan Lindgren? Do you know? 25. He, it's close. He's 24. But like he's 24. Like he's still, he's still in his prime. He's still cheap. I, I'm not actually totally unconvinced that they'll be able to re-sign him for still yet another cheap contract, whether it be longer. I don't know, like, what is your, what does he demand now? Like, four, five? Like, he doesn't point produce, and that's all NHL people care about. Like he, also, like, if you're going to be like, you need Goudreau because he's the soul of the team, and he does all these intangibles. I don't know if he's the soul go of the team. Lindgren, you know? I don't know if he's the soul. I, I would, I, I would no, make no, a I'm case just saying, for... From the perspective of Rangers management, they're like, we don't want to trade Barclay Goudreau because he's like right. This, Veteran guy, so you rings. can't go trade Lindgren. You know, well, I, that's your I, I think I think if we're really going to have a Timo Meyer conversation, like I, Ryan's proposal is really easy and easily acceptable, and I don't think any human being would say no. I think the harder question is: Would you trade? Would you trade Phil Heedle for Timo Meyer? Because I don't think you get one without including the other. My answer straight up: No. Hey, I've I've watched Heedle play the last couple of weeks. And he's 2C right now, which is a problem because Trocek signed for seven more years. So what do you think uh, Hedl's contract looks like next year? So the Dylan Strom contract, which was signed this year for, or signed last week rather, from Washington is probably similar. Five years, five million. I think that's doable. I think he can get like 
maybe you can do like five points, uh, 4.6 over five years, something like that. I would sign up for that right now. He's still like, what is he, 22? Is <laughs> like 23? Yeah, I would not trade Heedle for, for Meyer. Gregory? I, I just, I don't see a scenario. Like, that's why I think I hesitate so much on the Meyer front because, one, we, you're asking an NHL GM to do something I don't think an NHL GM is capable of doing, which is trading for a guy with the knowledge that you are going to have to trade him again to recoup value. And I think that hurts the mind of old hockey men, which Chris Drury, not the oldest man in the world, but he comes from that background. And then two, again, like the San Jose Sharks are not trading Timo Meyer as a rental. They are trading him as someone that they expect you to want for multiple years, which means they will not accept a rental price for him in return. And if you're not trading for a rental and you're the New York Rangers, I just, I don't see a scenario how that doesn't include Phil Heedle, which to me, I, it's not that it's a non-starter. It's just like it's extremely hard to digest. Like I, I don't. Do you think the Rangers are significantly better with like just forget, forget about the trade? Just the Rangers as constructed. Take Heedle out, put Meyer in. Are they at least twenty percent better? Which is what I think they would need to be to justify that trade. Like how much better are the New York Rangers if they have Timo Meyer but don't have Phil Heedle? I guess where I come in is like, like this team to me, like it feels so close. I mean, I know there's like issues with Gallant lineup choices and, you know, the roster management or whatever, but like they play with Tampa, you know, they play with Boston. Like, like I, I, I don't, I don't think they're that far away from being a cup contender. And if they figure out the 6D and figure out a top right winger, I think think they're in the conversation whether then you are willing to take the risk that you give up a ton of assets for rental I guess that's kind of bad management right but I mean if if that doesn't really sacrifice the core too much I don't know I think whatever you sign you know like whatever that whatever you draft with those first round picks and whatever Jones or Kravtsov are going to be it's probably outside their window anyway well, okay, let me, let's let's play this game then. Say it's not Hedl, but the you're still the Sharks and you need a not um rental price back for Timo Meyer. Do you include Lindgren in a Timo Meyer trade? Uh, yeah, cuz then you can re-sign Meyer, right? I don't. I Lindgren only frees up 3 million now. I mean, it it it, it solves a lot of long-term issues, but like I I I just think trading for Meyer is going to just create another hole the Rangers would have to then answer and they'd have to answer it correctly in order for all of this to work. So like if you trade Heedle for Meyer, you need the Rangers need to go out there and get another middle six center, whoever they're, whoever that is and whatever it costs. And then if you trade Lindgren for Meyer, well, they already need a left-handed defenseman. Now you need a higher quality left-handed defenseman. And what's that going to cost? So it's like, yeah, it's literally, it is two steps forward, but it's also that one step back. And I just don't think it's making the Rangers this dynamo team that people seem to think they would be if they simply get Timo Meyer. It's, and this is why you guys are the pros at Rangers Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the real problem is, and this is something we're not talking about, is when he goes to the Devils. That's the issue. 
because um, I think the Devils are willing to give up some big time prospects just, just to get him in. Well, and so sign I mean, long-term. what do you do? You guys think they need a major upgrade at, uh, upgrade at right wing? They the do. The problem in uh, the problem this year and long term is like who's their right? Like let's name right wingers in the system. There are none. It's like Capo Caco and Othman. Good luck. Othman's a left winger naturally. And no, don't too, give right? it. I fucking hate this shit. I know he can you play hate white it. right wing. <laughs> I, this I is the dumbest shit in the world. I'm sorry. Like, if you can play third base, you can also play first base. This shit <laughs> fucking pisses me off. I just, I, I thought I you were done with that take. I'm, I'm not done with it. It's just so <laughs> fucking stupid. Like, these are professional motherfucking athletes. Are you kidding me? And you can't play off wing? Oh my god, it pisses me off. So it's just it's, it's, it's the Zoolander thing. Like, he can't turn that way. Yeah, but know? then he did. But then he did. Even then Zoolander. I'm oh, just so – so often I – other than often, it's like Capo and often are really your right wings. Kraftsoff's in that, but there are even rumors of today. Like the Rangers are now assigned as of like 10 minutes ago. They have 23 people on their roster called Sammy Blay back up and sent Will Cooley down. And there's no reason they should be at 23. So there's everyone's like, oh, are they trading Kraftsoff today? I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, did, I did love the two minutes there where people were like, no, but they took Cooley out of the All-Star game. That means he's going to be here. And I was like, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, okay, the Rangers. Yeah, good. <laughs> we follow this team forever. Uh, yeah, and it I looks like, Jeff, that Did, Glenn's giving up on Would you guys off Cooley and Othman from any trade, or just Othman? Just Othman. Oh, I'd um, trade Cooley tomorrow if it, if it yeah. meant getting an upgrade. I, yeah, I team... like Will Cooley, but I just I think I'm realistic about what he is. I think he's a bottom six forward with maybe some scoring upside, but he's a big, meaty man, and I understand hockey people like that. Oh, I trade Cooley with Cooley without like a question. It's like Timo Meyer, Will Cooley in a first, and and Zach Jones. Like, congratulations, Timo Meyer, you're rented. Like, I, great. But Othman, oh, they you see as see, you can see Quinn loving Cooley, right? Just oh, like, you fucking love him. Like, this is a, he, like, but this this confuses me again. I, I mentioned this last, I think last week, where like there was no player the Rangers had that should have been more of a gallant guy than Morgan Barron, and for whatever reason, the Rangers were like, yeah, not really ever going to give him a shot. And you're going to bring Sammy Blay back up instead of playing a guy like Gregory. Will Cooley? Hey, you're he missing the point. Hartford. He scored I mean, four goals in Hartford. He scored over the good. Two. Yeah, but Will Cooley was Hartford's leading scorer. So to sh- take that, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, Welcome I back. To my dad about the other day, it's like this like hockey guy tick that annoys me is when people are like, he can play up and down the lineup, you know, like when they say that. And I'm like, uh, Goodrow, you can play up and down the line. Like they say that about people who are probably shouldn't be on the first line, you know, but just like kind of middling. Yeah, Barkley Goodrow. It's like right, jo- right, yeah, Barkley like Goodrow and Jimmy BC about- can play up and down the lineup. It was like Chris Kreider could also play on the fourth wing and it would be totally fine. <laughs> no <laughs> one has ever said Mika Zavidajad, he could play up and down the lineup. I <laughs> guarantee you he would be fine as a fourth line setter. Like, I don't understand this I, comment. Lock it in. You could do it. It's just like, uh, yeah, he could play the first line. It'd probably be a disaster, but he could do it. Yeah, like, Igor could definitely play backup. I'm like, yeah, okay. So. We've, we've <laughs> talked about this, I think, in the past. Like, It's like, why not play a, a 13th forward that is just strictly better than your 6th D if someone if, – if your 6th D is bad, like just play your 13th forward. Yeah, I don't understand. I, I, I hope they bring back Brendan Smith. I like Brendan Smith. You know that. That rolled. He was the best. He's on the Devils now, and I think the Devils fans not much of a fan of his. So if Brendan Smith can play left wing, Offman can play right wing. Right? See? I, don't get me started. I've already done it. I can't. I can't do it twice. It is. It remains illogical that these guys are just like I don't know what to do. This is hard. <laughs> this this just this is just a different angle that I've never considered in my life. It's like, oh man, I uh, Jeff. I, I one question I wanted to ask you. All right. Um, 
where do we stand on replacing NHL scouts with balloons? It seems like it's all the rage. I uh, think as long as they bring back Timo Meyer on the balloon, I'm totally happy. You're all good. Uh, a, a legitimate question, though. In in terms of who you've seen as like the best performers this year on the team, where do you stand on like the kid line? Because uh, we ranked all the players last week. Greg had Keep the, uh, the kids together. Greg, Greg had the hottest take ever. It's obvious. They're, yeah, they're happy it, together. It's uh, they, they are in love with each other very clearly. That's and, like like Gallant frustrates me too, but he's he at least is playing them together the last few games, right? Like you gotta give him that. I do have to there are times where we try and give Gerard Gallant credit and then he quickly takes it away from himself in, in many ways, where it's like, hey, I found this thing that's working and I'm gonna break it up. The real problem is that the chemistry on this team, at least I don't know where you, you're at, it's like they can't find a place to play Trocheck if it's not with Kreider and he can't play with Panarin, and the, the puzzle pieces just don't fit in the same way. Yeah, man. They need another right winger. I don't think Kravtsov is going to be like ready to rumble with the Hurricanes in like round two. I, I don't think like, they think he's ready to rumble now. Maybe that's too like old man hockey brain, but I, I don't think he's going to be ready for it. Uh, well, like, I think I, that's going to be trouble. He might I not be a ranger by like, the time this podcast comes out, Jeff. <laughs> 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 Which is tomorrow. But... Then I'll be prophetic, basically. Yeah. Jury. Like, he called it. Up. Yeah, where are you at with Chris Drury as well? I'd like, love to have you in the um, in the Galan Sucks group chat. <laughs> I think he might be there, by the way. Yeah. Well, he, he, he was there Chris one weekend. That's my father, sure. plot twist. <laughs> where are you at with Chris Drury overall, like, as, like, you're feeling as a GM? I, I think he started out really rough, and most everything from there, I think Greg and I have been, like, hey, B+, plus, A, A- minus on everything else? Yeah, I mean, the boots trade really... That's man. rough. You guys still lose sleep over it, or I get pissed off. Like it's just I look at the right. Like we talked about the right wings earlier, and it's like okay, Kako and Othman are right wings for the next four years, and Jimmy VC question mark is third line, and yeah. like, uh, the I, price like we they're just they're just I I I don't know if I believe it to be true. We have it on background that it is true. So I will like the error is Drury assumed Eichel was done, and he made a move before the you know, ink was dry. But as long as I think of it from that perspective, it's still a mistake, but at least I can kind of sort of forgive it, I think. I want the, like, 2,000-word investigative, like, reconstruction of everything that happened leading up to the boots trade, you know? Like a, like a Pulitzer Prize-winning investigation that goes, like, minute by minute. As the I just want to know if they saw the billboard and that changed their mind. That's, like, the only thing I want to know. <laughs> I got to say, one of the things I want to mention here is just how... Absolutely fucking genius that billboard was. Thank you. <laughs> I think it, it should be at least discussed in every MBA course in the country, like as like a baseline. It should People also were be yelling discussed. At us. It should also be discussed in media courses about like you'll have to make a decision about your life and career at this point if you do this. <laughs> <laughs> you moved on to better things. I, I moved on. That, we we could say that. Let, let me ask you guys a question. Do you feel like like what do you think? Um, What's his name? Um, the previous GM, um, the guy Jeff Gordon. Yeah, what do you think Gordon would have done differently in terms of major deals, Gor- with the exception of the Buchnevich trade? Gordon would have gotten the Eichel deal done in a way like he would have overpaid. So yeah. like Kako, Kako would have been part of that. I think Drury. One thing, the difference between Drury and Gordon and and uh, Davidson at least is you'll notice this about Chris Drury is he's very stubborn. 
He's very like stone-faced, and he's cool to wait till the last second on almost everything. And I think he learned that through his mistake within the boots trade. It was like, I didn't wait this out, and I got screwed. Whereas Gordon and Davidson had a plan, and the plan was like long-term. We're waiting until we get the big-time star, other than Panarin, to put this team together. And they weren't going to fold to pressure. Like they had a plan that was in place for eight years or longer. Like how we're going to build this thing long-term. It's how they convinced, or rather how Davidson convinced Johnny Hockey to come to Columbus. Whether that's working or not, seemingly not. That was his plan. And then Drury is like, he, he sees it rather. And also he's being told by management, like, Hey man, seems pretty good. Like we, I don't know. We have one of the best goalies in the league, won the Vesna. We have a Norris winning defenseman. We have Terry Panarin. We have all these, we have first and second round draft pick. You have like three years to win a cup here. So go out and do it. So the difference is Drury was a little more aggressive in, in terms of like signing Goodrow, signing Trocheck. And I, I think Davidson and, and Gordon would have sat on their hands a little bit more until they got that guy like Eichel. They would have overpaid for him to make sure they were part of that conversation. But otherwise they would have done the exact same thing if they didn't get Eichel. I don't know if Zibanejad would still be here, but I know Eichel would. I, I, I'm pre- I'm Damn. dead confident in that. Do you think they, Gordon would go out and get like Meyer or? Yeah, dude. Flash? Yeah, they they're they were really serious on some of that stuff. Like, like I know he was like really in on Tom Tomas Hurdle for a while, and I know obviously Hurdle signed for like a long term extension of the Starks now, uh, Sharks now. They were in on like a lot of bigger names. Eichel being like the main one, and I, that's why we talked about it all summer. And I just remember was, that, that first press conference Jury did. He looked so like skittish. Do you remember? Was, yes. Like I was like, this guy is way over his head. He was way no, over his head for like a month doing. and a half. Yeah. And then he, you know, the one thing about Jury that you can really say is he shut down. The Rangers were not, not an open book. They've always been like a closed organization in terms of media coverage, as you likely know, and in terms of like rumors. But Davidson and Gorton and people around the organization were kind of happy to talk to NHL media personalities and like have those backroom texts and all that stuff. Drury doesn't leak shit. Like it is the difference is is magnificent in terms of what they're thinking in ter- in value. And I guess like one of the forward. things that's like super interesting for me to watch in like New York Rangers Twitter and the New York Rangers Twitterverse is sort of how it like maps on to like almost directly onto my world where you have like the beat reporters who feel some sort of obligation to like convey the team's message. And then the like sphere sort of one step removed, which I would say is like you guys, where it's like you feel and are more free and comfortable to like take pot shots at the organization. Cause you don't have those like daily interactions the same way. And then, we've, like, we've the tried. People, <laughs> the, the, the fans, <laughs> like one beyond that. And you can sort of see like this, like how the ecosystem develops where you have like the the gradations of being willing to be critical and direct and like how the reporters like in the middle try to navigate those dynamics. And it's like the exact same fucking thing for politics coverage, like for the White House, for Congress, where you just so, have like that 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 you can see how like the the criticisms get filtered like sort of through and back out from the reporters to the organization. Like so what I'm easy. hearing is you don't think Maggie Haberman thro- holds people accountable. <laughs> I'm saying like you guys are the um, what's a good comparison? Don't say talking here. You're like Just... the Noam Chomsky. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I'll take it. I'll take no. <laughs> uh, it, it is that like we love breaking down not only the game itself but like the game theory 
around media coverage, like state state coverage. It's like, hey, what does Sam Rosen's notes say tonight, and why are they pumping up Lieber Hayek when he hasn't played in two games? Or like, well, and it's it's also, I mean, it, it's very true. Like, there is absolutely no chance Gerard Gallant's going to come on this podcast, so I can call him a fucking idiot and not feel like he's ever going to call me out on it. Like that that that's fair. Yeah, it rules. I was um, in Ukraine in December for a reporting trip, and it was just really fun every morning to um, check on what insane thing uh, at Blue Collar Blue Shirts had tweeted out. <laughs> <laughs> like, in Kiev, I'm like, oh, what 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 did Hockey Stat Miner subtweet today? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it is like there is this uh, uh, hockey universe that it, it, it is built on these, I don't know, 15 personalities. <laughs> and then it's just like, what the fuck is going on today? Why are we complaining about this? So good. Uh, very strange, but it is my favorite drama. I cannot get enough. Uh, I, I looked up, uh, if you don't mind. I, oh, yeah, go ahead. When you prompted me with the econ-related hockey um, uh, prompts for, our, for the conversation, uh, I found this research paper by these guys. And stop me if you guys have already discussed this, but by Tony Keller and Neville McGuire of the Mawit Center for Policy Innovation in Toronto. Oh, we talk about this all the time, Jeff. Come on. I'm, I'm sorry. You said stop you if we talked about this before? Like, that was that was your lead into this conversation? Yeah, that was, that was BSBOT last week. Keep going. <laughs> all right, all right. Stick with me, guys. I promise this is interesting and relevant. Um, it was a paper about how... Uh, the Southern strategy of the NHL is a complete failure. And it was very interesting because it was, it basically broke down why, why the U S why NHL owners moved into like Nashville and Arizona and, you know, Carolinas and et cetera. And why so many places in Canada that could support a team don't have them. Do you guys know what the, the answer is? No, but I'd love to hear. I, I have some good answers and theories, but I would love to know what the professionals who literally did this said. Yeah, they, they did this analysis, and they found basically that the answer is that U.S. taxpayers spend a ton of money on subsidies for the teams, tax breaks and direct <laughs> subsidies Great. for construction. And they this it's interesting because in the NHL, unlike a lot of other sports, like incredibly attendance-based revenue stream whereas like in the nfl most of the money is coming from the mega tv deals in the nhl most of the money comes from from the box from, from the ticket sales yep. and almost every canadian team sells out much more frequently than every almost night almost. every like american a, team like a leaf like tickets are impossible to get period right exactly that was one of the things where they're like the toronto area could support three nhl teams um, just just like if you do the math on how many hockey fans there are in that area relative to the number of hockey fans where they've moved teams into the South. This study found that they that six places in Canada could support another team beyond um, the six teams already, or seven teams, I guess, already in, in Canada. And this my favorite part of the study was they looked at um, the Arizona Coyotes who received... <laughs> $14 million in revenue share and $9.3 million in TV and other league distributed revenues. By contrast, their local market revenues were extremely weak. Net ticket sales budgeted only at $16 million. And this is, this is the money quote. In other words, uh, Coyote ticket revenues were only one third those of the Calgary Flames, Ottawa Senators, or Edmonton Oilers. Oh. To make up for this lack of fan support, the league is sending the Coyotes a big subsidy, largely paid for by Canadian ticket buyers and, and Canadian broadcasters. 
And then this is my favorite line. The Coyotes are likely receiving more money from Canadian fans than they earn from local ticket sales. That's disgusting. <laughs> like, and dude, the cap's going to go up a million dollars. Like, what? this is where the problem is. Like, when Gary Bettman says to me, hey, the cap's only got, going up a million dollars, Connor Bedard is going to make under a million dollars for three years when it's he gets insane. to the league. It's insane. It's so insane. It's freaking crazy. It's, uh, I, I, who thought Arizona hockey was a good idea? Like I, of course, Austin Matthews came from Arizona, but outside of that, it's like what? <laughs> well, it, it's it's not even that. It's just like the inability to admit a mistake. Like if you want to take a chance on the the thing, I'll never understand is all right. I get it. Two different iterations of Atlanta hockey teams did not work. So at some point, you have to give up. But if you give up on Atlanta, which is what the number three, number four media market in the United States, why are we just like? sucking on the NHL teat that is fucking Tucson and Phoenix. Like, it, I, I, I get I it. Hate, I hate how good, like, the Tampa and the Hurt, like, Tampa Bay and the Carol- Like, there should not be hockey teams there. Like, there's no time. ice. Like, it, it, it's it's like there, there shouldn't be a team in you called, called the Jets because there's no music. It, it, it's the old old um, basketball joke. Ridiculous. Well, well, at least the Tampa Bay, like, Lightning sell out their arena and, like, have – Decent, de- yeah, they have legitimate they sell fans. Out when the Rangers are in town because it's all the New Yorkers. Oh, they have, well, that's Florida. That's, <laughs> that's every every time that happens. But they at least like have good home crowds and all that stuff. Like Florida Panthers, I don't get it. Arizona Coyotes, I don't get it. Well, the Florida I mean, Panthers, the, I mean, don't get me started on Sunrise, Florida. It's like we want a team in Miami but can't afford a team in Miami. So what if we just put one kind of close to Miami and call it Miami? It's not enough. I just uh, kinda, it's so interesting to me that like the Canadians are just like, well, we're not – taking taxpayer money and giving it to the billionaire owners. And then it like creates this like warping force field effects where all of a sudden, like now there are Canadian teams in like the Southeast. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I guess one of my questions for you is uh, Bettman said that he projects the league to have $6 billion in revenue this year. Uh, and yet the players are still making up escrow. The big conversation this weekend has been, hey, hey, how do you make the NHL better? Like, what do you do? Uh, and I have a, plenty of answers, but I'm curious to hear yours. Uh, glowing puck. Yeah, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. Let's watch it. Uh, I'm waiting. Move the teams to Canada. I, well, I'm, to Canada. I'm so confused because we have we have see through ads, but yet I can't see the puck against the boards. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys? Yeah, I think those those new um like ads on the boards that they now do to be very distracting i'm with you i don't know if you guys have noticed i don't don't think we've talked about it on the show but it's actually bothered me greatly do you guys ever just hear random dings on msg when the rangers are playing like the puck is nowhere near a post someone will be skating up the ice just in the center of the ice and out of nowhere i'll just hear a ping and i'll be like that's your toaster man (laughs) (laughs) i don't have a toaster like come on I, I spell toast all the time, though, so now I'm I'm, sorry, I'm picking up what you're putting down here. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I think Glowing Puck is one of them. It's just so curious to me how like they handle their financials and how Batman is just impervious to anything. I just the, your think... rage at Gallant is just manifesting in random sounds going off in your head. <laughs> well, I just I I don't think well, I'm going to I'm going to listen for this. I, 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 it, it exists. I've seen other people tweet about it, so it's not just me. Uh, but I'll I, I Schumer if he's here heard this too. I do I do just think like. No, this this doesn't go just for hockey. It goes for everything. No human being should be in charge of something for thirty straight years without like competition. 
to their rule. It, it, I, Bettman took over the league as a David Stern plant, and David Stern is now a plant. So, like, why, why are we still doing this? I, I got to say, as an American Jew, I've always been like, can we stop having us, like, play the role of, like, evil, um, like, side of the billionaires, like, <laughs> shriveling nonsense. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Batman and Stern, like, they, they're bad for, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble here. Um, but, the, you know, no, no, they're, bad, they're bad for great. business. I get it. I would rather have Adam Fox be the image of American Jews in sports. Over <laughs> I'll just, I'll just leave it there. Well, Jeff, what, oh, now, 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 okay, you, you, You've opened it. Yourself. Go on, Greg. <laughs> you were the, were, was it you that I saw the uh, most important Jews in, like, world scope list? Oh, that yeah, came yeah, out? yeah. And it didn't include Fox, but it also didn't include Alex Bregman. It was just, like, complete sports erasure of uh, our people. I was completely roasted for that by, by the Gallant chat. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, if Jack Hughes and Adam Fox had been in the NHL when I was a kid... Like who knows what my NHL career could have looked like? You know. Wait, is Jack, is Jack Hughes is one of us? Oh yeah, man. Oh god, this is no, this is bad. This changes so many things. Hughes and Fox. I know it's really rough. It's really oh rough. god, I think I like the Devils now. <laughs> we got to trade for uh, for Hughes. No, we'll take we'll take Quinn. Let's just he's, make let's let's get oh, the all Jew blue if, line. If, and we'll if it take makes Quinn you feel better, Greg, yeah, yeah, according yeah. to Google, he's a halfling. So, oh, all right. So it doesn't really count. <laughs> his mom's side, though, right? Or his mom's side, yeah. Yeah, so that counts. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. If he didn't have a bar mitzvah, I'm not counting it. That's he did I have. Mean. It does say here he did have a bar mitzvah. Oh, then he, then he's fully. He's, he's he's no halfling. He's a full on. And he grew up celebrating Passover. So, man, no one celebrates Passover. First of all, I have as someone that has <laughs> as someone that has a birthday that constantly falls during Passover. Let me tell you how fucking terrible Passover is. Well, we had. Jeff, I don't know if you've experienced this ever. Have you gone to a birthday party during Passover? Uh, no, no, no. So I have a lot of non-believers as friends growing up. And my right. mom, being the woman that she is, would buy cake for my friends to enjoy that I wasn't allowed to have that because rules. it's fucking Passover. And, you and I got to tell you, shank. that was literally 15 years of my life. <laughs> the first 15. You get a boiled egg. 15. Incredible. People wonder why I'm just so angry all the time. It's because <laughs> I, and I had a Passover birthday. That is the only reason I am this angry. Jeff, I feel like we could do this for another hour and a half, um, but you've given us a lot of your time. Anything you'd like to talk about before you get out of here at Rangers? No, I love you guys. Keep up the great stuff. It's going to be a great year. I'm, I'm I think so the excited. playoffs are going to be very, very exciting. I think this team has been waiting since day one to get there. They look yeah. bored at some points. I'll say one last thing is that um, when the – the Caps won the Stanley Cup. They brought um, they brought the cup into the Washington Post offices. Oh, did you touch it? You're not allowed to touch it. And I went into the room and uh, pulled out like all my Rangers swag just as they were taking <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> so they knew. <laughs> so. Well, at least you gave it the aura. Hopefully, you know. Just I just don't want this one to last a lifetime. I need one more, Sam. One more. I need, I need one more. One more That's it. Sam is still in the booth. I feel like I think we got like, three. The three-year window stands. Huh? Can you guys imagine how, <laughs> how terrible things are going to be without Sam? It's just like such a part of the routine for me. I don't want to think about it. It's yeah, like asking me. It. You know, my, I, at some point, my parents are going to die. Like that's essentially what you're asking me to contemplate. Right Let now. me know when my dad's going to. Um, <laughs> all right. Already be. <laughs> That's true. He could. I have no idea. Jeff, uh, why don't you plug everything you do? Uh, I'm a White House economics reporter for the Washington Post and a big Rangers fan. Thanks for having Sweet. me on, guys. Sweet. Thanks. Do, thanks, Jeff. Can you now oh. rub this in um, Ishan's face that you two have been on the podcast? 
Oh, he has been on the podcast too. He, he has been. Twice. Yes, I don't oh, want to. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, we yeah, had we had Russian foreign policy that we needed to assess. There was discuss. that thing with Artemi Panarin. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta listen to that episode. Incredible. All right, Jeff. Thanks so much, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Hey, it's the end of the show, so I want to thank all my NHL Insider, NHL Offer Sheet, NHL All-Stars, Slapshot Contest, etc. Patreon members who make this show possible every single week. Uh, but especially these members, Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Cartulo, Adam Linder, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn, Alex Carter, Anthony, Andrew Rahner, Anthony Terragata, Ben Waters, Ben Wabber. Ben, wow, holy, recording on a Sunday. Ben Wa- Waters, Ben Weber, Bill Rattel, Bro- you know, I don't re-record these. I always usually do them in one take. It's super embarrassing because I can't read. Brennan Lacos, Brennan Magnum, Brett Granger, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Gallagher. What is wrong? I'm going to keep it rolling. This is great content. Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Chris Finelli. Reading is tough. You know, I had a I had a lovely pancake at a diner this morning, and but I mean pancake, I mean pancakes and a breakfast. It sounds like I've had a lot to drink. I've had multiple cups of coffee. That is not what is. I am totally sober. Everything is here. I just can't read, and I'm unfunctional. Unfunctional? Jesus. Dysfunctional on a Sunday. Brian Gallagher, Brian Allen. Did I say Brian Doyle? Probably. Chris Finelli, Chris Howard, CJ Stellwagen, Conrad P. Damage, Daniel Dazan, Davis Eagle, Dennis Dites, Darian, Eric Stagg, Garrett Reynolds, Skip Gardner Cup, Grazie Gallagher, McFly, Harrison Haskell, Hippie 59, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, James Masker, Jarian Marquez, JD, John Jacques, Francois, Jean Jean. Jimmy Max, John Hardesty, John Shea, Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Christopher Florida, Christoph Berg, Lazik, Gronowski, Libor's Kayak, Lou Giordano, Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Kai, Meatball the Cat, Mike Bucklaw, Mike uh, Matt, Matt Mancuso, nailed it. Nate Hanafi, Hanafi, wow, I'm struggling today. Neil Grover, Neil, Nicholas DiNicola, Pascal Perrier, Paul J. Smith, Pavel Kodarev, PJ Sisparo, Pro World Takes Gamer, Randy Tesser, Ryan still wasn't watching Miracles, Steve Bulbach, Steve, Swingarts, Tommy Sinclair, Tommy O'Neill, Torf Manhattan, Tristan Wells, Upstate Van Vinnie Hay, Will Spector, and Winston the Golden Retriever. Cannot thank you all enough for being our subscribers. It's how we keep the show going. It's what we keep doing. Uh, I'm so happy that the Rangers are back. It was a nice break. I'm ready for the long stretch here. Uh, hopefully, what is a long playoff run? So let's we're we're in the final stretch of the trade deadline. So let's stay tuned for that. BSBOT later this week. We'll talk about that then. Love you guys. Bye.